Well, good morning, church. Good morning, Westside. Man, I really love coming to this place. It's been a few months since I was here for the last time. And I promised to myself I wouldn't be um, cutting my hair until Pastor Gabe will invite me again. I'm glad he did. I didn't want to be looking like Fabio today, but there's a little bit coming out. <laughs> Some of you don't even know who that is. You're too young, right? I was like the Justin Bieber of our times. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but any excuse that I find to come to this place, is, it's a good excuse for me. And I really love this place, the faces, even the new people that are here. You, it's, it's like you, you, you embrace and you can feel the presence of God as soon as you walk into this place. It's a, uh, it's, I've been here, I, I was here for over 20 years, well, actually close to 20 years before, and uh, I, you know, I I live very close to here, so sometimes when I drive by here, even though I'm going to another direction, all of a sudden I feel like my car pulls into here and I have to <laughs> fight it. You know, it's a, one of those things. And uh, it especially happened on Sundays. Every Sunday, you know, you probably see me sneak in and I'm running to my church, what I am now, but I still come and steal your coffee and donuts. <laughs> I even take some for my friends, just until Pastor Gabe. <laughs> The truth is I feel very at home at this church. I feel very um, like, like I can trust you guys with anything. So can I tell you a secret? Actually, can I tell you, can I tell you a secret? It's just the title for the message that I'm going to be sharing with you this morning. But it reminds me of that little friend that I had when I was a kid. And you probably had one of those. But I had a little friend that would intrigue me with that question. And he wouldn't just tell it. He would, he would whisper it. And, Can I tell you a secret? You know? <laughs> and uh, it's like, I, I, you know, I don't like gossip, you know, but, but it's always, it always feels good to, re- to be the recipient of some uh, specific information, right? You probably don't have that issue. But, um, but the thing, he will kill it for me. He will take all the excitement out when he would say, but you can't tell anybody. You have to take it to La Tumba, which is, means the grave. You know? So today I won't be revealing my friend's secrets, but I will be sharing with you the greatest secret ever told, a secret that God kept for many generations, for thousands of, of years. And he, when he finally decided to reveal it, he didn't want us to keep it to ourselves. He decided to give it to us completely, exactly what we needed. And it wasn't just for information, because this is, what, uh, this is who God is. God is not interested in loading you up with inf- just information unless you have a reason for his application. So, you know, like, uh, just like God is, you know, he waited a long time to give us this revelation. But he did it at the right time. Because he is loving, and he would be like the, the, the good parent who would not go to his three-year-old and talk to him about dating when it's not time yet, you know, even though sometimes you kind of, you know, don't want the school to get ahead of you, but God has his own time, and his is the best time. So when he came with this, with this secret, which is what Paul calls him later when I share with you those, uh, those passages, um, he calls it a, a secret that has been revealed. But God does have secrets. I'm sure he still has a bunch of them now. But he has given us exactly what we need for now. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says this. The Lord our God has secrets known to no one. And when he says known to no one, it means to no one. Not even the holy angels know, and much less, 
You know, Satan and his demons, you know, the fallen angels, they would love to have information, this information so they can be a little more proactive in attacking God's plan. But even they, they do know. But to humanity, to us, God gave us everything that we needed to know in order to be able to have a relationship with him. So we don't, we're not short of anything. God has given us exactly what we need at this time for us to be able to have a relationship with, with him. And, he, and, he, and it makes sense that if we really want to get to know God, we need to get closer to him. He wants us to, to get closer to him through his word. Sometimes, you know, we find ourselves uh, with all these questions. But to me, the, the question that I have about God doesn't make me run away from him. They don't make me run away from him. He wants me to go to him. And actually, like a little kid, climb onto his lap and bombard it with, the, with all these questions. Yet there are many people who, who, who don't do that. They, they, they don't want to get close to God, but it makes sense that if you wanted to know someone, the best way to do it is by getting close to them. After all, God says, let the children come to me because to them belong the, the kingdom of heaven. So if we don't get the, the questions answered, it's because sometimes we, 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 don't, we don't come to him. Others, other people are just uh, so skeptical or they're, or they're just curious. You know, they just want to have the information. So they go into these long journeys of finding, you know, through science and all these other ways to find out about God, but they don't come with the right intentions. Actually, some of them, they go even to the Bible and they get really obsessed with the, with the book of Revelation. And, and they want to know everything about the second coming, but they forget about the first coming. And if we don't understand the reason why he came here the first time, when he comes the second time, it will mean that you and I are out of time. So, and we have missed the purpose of our life, and we have wasted our life. So, so we, we don't need more information. We already have his revelation. We have the Bible in every language, on paper, online, and in every way you want to, you want to find them. The reality is that even if we didn't have it, we know that men and women who, who followed God even before the first verse of the Bible was written. In fact, you know of Abraham, who is known as the father of faith, there was nothing written. He trusted God with what he knew about him at the time, with whatever God rebuilt him at the time, and he decided to follow him. But nowadays, we're bombarded by information, so we expect to have to know all these things about God. But knowledge is good, but to follow and trust God, you will need faith. If you, if you knew every detail about God, then you wouldn't need faith. It would be irrelevant. So having all the information, I'm going to give you this if you're making notes. Um, having all the information is not a requirement to establish a trusting relationship with God. What you need is faith. Now, someone would say, Pastor Max, that's not how I operate in my relationships. In order to trust someone, I want to know, us, I want to know everything. I want to know every little detail possible about that person. I've been hurt before. And, uh, and, 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 and that's good. I mean, you need to do your, your homework. But let me tell you, when I married my wife, I thought I knew everything about her. And she's sitting right here on this side. You know, but 23 years later, I'm still learning about her. And it actually makes it exciting. She's still like a box of chocolate to me. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> you know, but... It, but, but <laughs> She is. <laughs> but um, it, it's, it's exciting to have that. And if I can do that 
with a human being, of course I can do that to God. If I can do that to, to, with an um, uh, imperfect you know, human being, I can do that with God. He will never fail me. He knows everything. He knows me. I can trust him. And so I don't need to know everything to start trusting him. You know, but, but like I said before, we, we, we want all this information. We live on a, at a time where we have all this information. I mean, you and I don't go into even a new restaurant unless we go to Yelp and we ask them, you know, and we see all the reviews. You know, uh, people who are dating right now, they see one profile and they want to know everything about that person. But imagine trying to do that with, uh, with God, trying to run, run a background of God. You can never go far back enough. You know, he is there, he was there, and he is there, and he will always be there, and his, and his name is I Am. So whenever you find, whenever you, 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 you want to find him, he will be there. There is no need for you to do a background on him. You will never be able to understand every little detail about God, and that should just get you closer to him. No, no wonder Moses, who was certain of this, writes to us the, you know, uh, Deuteronomy 29, 29. We just read the first part, but I now want to invite you to read the whole thing with me. And he says, the Lord our God has secrets known to no one. We are not accountable for them, but we and our children are accountable forever for all that he has revealed to us so that we may obey all the terms of these instructions. Like I said, it was Moses who wrote this. Um, but wouldn't it be awesome if we all had that attitude, that, that, that we would trust God by saying, if God is not telling me something right now, it, it, it's not a reason for me to distrust him. Actually, I would see it as a loving gesture. That's exactly what he said. If God doesn't want me to know, it's because it's not good for me. I am going to focus on the things that he has revealed to me already because those are my responsibility. I am even responsible to transfer this to my kids and the next generations. That is my responsibility. So I'm not going to be burdened with having more information than that I need right now. What I have is, is enough. I'm okay with God having secrets that don't belong to me. That's what Moses is saying. So don't be distracted by the things you don't know about God. They are not your responsibility. Let me give you point number two. Because when God wants you to respond to something, he will also equip you with the response ability to respond to that. And, 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 that, and, that, and that ability doesn't come from you. It is from the Holy Spirit that is placed in every Christian. So we don't respond to God with our own ability. We respond with his. Because he is not calling us to do something that, you know, uh, he's not calling us to do something of this world. So we won't be able anyways. And the other thing that we need to understand that is when God calls us to do something, it is because it's urgent. It is in your notes too. Two, because it will always require for you to reorient your life. That is a guarantee. If you want to serve God, it will always require for you to reorient your life. You can't serve God with constantly checking, and maybe not just one time. You know, you got to check and see what direction does God want me to go, especially when you start your walk with him. It, there will be a major change, but it won't be in your ability. He will give you that ability. And it also it may not require for you to leave, but it will require... For you to go always and all these three things happen in the life of Paul you heard about Paul 
Paul, who was before God called him, was old, was one day on the road to Damascus. And there he had an encounter with God, and God changed his direction. He was going towards what he thought he was a mission from God. He had all the good intentions, but God changed his GPS. It's interesting that when God, you know, sent him to send him to this address in the name of the, the, the street of that address, is straight. It's like, Paul, I know you have the right intentions. I know you, that you love me. I know that you're doing this for me, but you're going the wrong direction. So I'm going to straight up your life. I want you to go the right way. I don't want you to waste your time going against me. When I know your heart is wanting to go with me. And that happens to a lot of us, right? We do a lot of times sometimes with good, with good intentions, but we still go in the wrong direction. So God is going to redirect our lives, and we need to be okay with that because he doesn't have time for us to waste it. He, he's eternal, but our time here on earth is not eternal. It will be if we give our lives to him. But in that time that we have here, we have something specific, specific to, go, to do. So... Um, so, so from, that on, from then on, this man doesn't waste his life. Everything is on purpose. Everything seems to be like schedule. It's like he hands his agenda to God. He gets off the horse. Well, actually, he was knocked down from the horse. But he hands this to God. And God does marvels, with, you, know, you know, wonderful things with him. And in fact, we read, you know, almost the, the, the whole New Testament, the third part of the New Testament is it belongs to him. It was written, you know, by him, by the inspiration of God. So um, here he is not waiting his, his time. In Ephesians 3, 4, 6, when he started to share, you know, he, he had been reading all this time about what God did in, in other generations. But now he is actually writing about what God has started to do in his generation, in his own life, as God, as God has revealed this to him. So this is in Ephesians 3, 4, 6. As you, need, as you read, as you read what I have written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding, regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now, by his Spirit, he has rebuilt it to the holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ. And there was no more room in your notes, but I have it in my, in my, in my pad. Verse 7 and 8 says this. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. And here is the secret. So Paul says in verse 8 and 9, I've been given the privilege. He says, I have been chosen. Those are, those are very interesting comments. This is, this is now his purpose. This, I am special. God has sent me on a special mission. Now my question to you, do you feel chosen? And do you feel privileged to know what you know already about God? Do you feel privileged to have that revelation, to have the word of God and the, and, and the purpose that God has for you? Do you feel responsible for that? As, as, as a real Christian, 
You will never experience the total peace of God unless you're obeying him in this matter, if you're already a Christian. John 20, 21 says, again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. It says Matthew 28, 19, and 20, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Here's the, the part that you don't have in your notes. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This was not just a suggestion. This was not just an FYI from God to his people. And I love the faithfulness of this church. I don't get to come here every time just to get my coffee. But I, 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 when, you have, when you have baptisms, when I want to be here, and I watch them on, on TV, you know, whenever it happens, because it's the most exciting thing that we can witness at church. When people didn't just receive the, the, the information, but they allowed this information to cause a transformation in their lives. And that's a pretty awesome thing to do. And that's what makes this church special. You don't allow a pandemic and all these other excuses to keep on doing that. And as long as that happens, God says that he is going to be with you. He is going to bless you. We can make all the excuses. But the reality is, this is not a suggestion. God never gives us any information for which we don't have any application. So point three is this, and, and, and when he says in that verse that uh, we need to go, the reality is you don't even have to go. The reality is in this place, you don't even have to go to reach people from other nations. It is awesome that we have a nation that, I mean, right now we have thousands of people coming our way. And we can uh, complain, we can get into politics and all that. And I would say, let the politicians be politicians. Let the government figure out their, you know, their uh, legal status. You and I need to worry about their spiritual status. When they come to our door, that's what we need to do. That's what I do. You know, when, when I, you know, as a Latino who, who, who is part of a, a Hispanic church, I'm, you know, I can be upset if, you know, but then I, it, it means that I don't really understand the purpose that God has for us as a church. When I see thousands of people coming this way, desperate to find a better life, I think we do have a better life for you. The life that I found in this place, at that church that I am now preaching today, at that place where God reached out to me and showed me that I could have a better life. And that was because I could come here freely and you worry about my spiritual life, not anything else. So let the politicians be politicians. While they figure out someone uh, you know, qualifies for citizenship of this, of this nation, we figure out we need to worry about allowing God to provide them the heavenly citizenship. Because that's even more important. We want, you know, one of the things that we say when we come to this nation is that people don't want to assimilate. And I tell you, I, I assimilated as much in this country. I, I love this nation. So I've done everything to be as much as possible like you, even to learn your language. I still have an accent. But more than anything, more than learning your language, I wanted to know your heart. I, I, the reason why people come to this country is because they know that bef- behind everything, this nation have a heart for God. The first experience that we all had in our country is that an American person came from in obedience, like a Paul, and came and shared this good news for us. 
God brought me in here to this place, and I received the good news. And I thought in order to go, you know, enrich my people, I would have to go to my country. I don't have to. I can do it from here, and you certainly can, and you are doing your job, but if you're, if you, if you're more, you know, tangled up in all this other politics stuff, I'm not talking to you about politics. I'm talking to you about the business of the church. And that is where a heart needs to be. Where, where someone comes like Stephen. I mean, I was touched by, by that story. I heard it before when we were doing the Q by Q. And it melted my heart because I was part of Celebrate Recovery before. And I have also served in the food brigade. And, and I know the heart of this church. So allow people to know your heart more than the politics, more than any other idea. That's what we need to have our, our, our focus on. And... I know that you guys do very well at that. But if you're struggling, God will redirect your life if you allow him. Don't be distracted by the things that you don't know. Focus on the ones that you do. Matthew 28, 20 says this. You want people to assimilate? It says, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. Don't worry about anything else. Don't worry about politics. Let people, let people be, want it to be close by you, want to assimilate to you because what they see you do. Not so much about what you say, but what you do. When, when they walk into this place, when they, they come into a place like the food brigade, you may have all this information, but the Bible, and it's good, and you should know. When they, but before anything, they need to be able to see your heart. That's what Stephen was looking. And that's what I was looking when I came to this place. In the end, that's all we care. We just want to know God's heart. And God's heart is that we don't waste our lives doing anything else but exactly what our purpose is here at this time. And no pandemic, no any other excuse you to stop from doing that. We need to go. If you need to go, you need to go. But you don't have to leave to go. You can do it from here. I'm not saying that we never have to leave our place. If you do, if that's what God is calling you to do, then you do. And this church is a sender. It says, I will send you just like I was sent. And we should be in the business of sending people. We should be in the business of sending ourselves to. And so for that, we need to listen to what is already given to us. It's not a secret anymore. But to keep it a secret, it is sin. To keep it, a, to, to be conformed, to be uh, conformed to, you know, that's pretty easy. When I talk about redirecting, God redirecting your life, that's because we get very comfortable sometimes. I'm going to be honest with you. I always feel been on fire to tell people. I walk into a restaurant, I find my excuse to get into people's conversations. Not because I want to be popular, because I want them to know Jesus. I walk into a place like, I don't know if you're familiar with Tanchilitos, and I saw this conversation going on. These guys had some uh, uh, cards, and they're playing there. So I come here, and I throw my business card from the church. And, you know, and they're laughing. I was like, what's this crazy guy? What he has my information? He opened the conversation. You don't have to come with religion. You just got to come to them and allow them to know, to know you. And I always find my little excuse. At this place, I was, you know, we, we planted a church. It didn't grow to how much we wanted it to grow, but it grew to the size that it needed to be. 
But I have to readjust. I have to allow God to reorient me, my life because it wasn't about me. Sometimes when you plant something, you would expect it to grow. And if it doesn't, you have to question, does it have enough soil? Is the pot big enough? It's the pot in the wrong place. And so as much as you hurt me to say, this is not, I am love here, but this is not about me, I want to join another pastor. And we've been reaching out to people ever since the pandemic. Yes, it has discouraged us in many ways. But right now we're saying no more excuses. So we have plans for next year. We want to adopt every plan, every idea that God can give us because this is urgent. It needs to happen. We need to go. And Westside, let's go and reach people for God. Thank you for letting me share. Actually, but I didn't even give these guys to come up here. Let's pray while they come. <laughs> Got too excited, Lord. <sighs> Lord, sometimes we just need a little bit of silence to block off all that other unnecessary information. We are so enamored with the headlines, with the news, <laughs> but the real good news comes from you. And it can only be good if we see it as good. Let us be like Paul, that he saw him, himself as privilege. He saw himself as chosen, and he wasn't going to delegate this to anybody else. You called us as a church, and you called us individually. We are not here today just to check off the agenda. We are here because you had a plan for us here. And I pray, Lord, that every word that I have pronounced well and in your name, that may go deep into the heart of your people. And that it would not just be another piece of information. That everything that I have said related to your word will cause some transformation. And that lives will be redirected. Not only to the people that are here today, but those who have connected online. Those who may be a little hesitant to come back to this place. You called us to be together. And Lord, it's time to come back so we can go together, so we can work together. Thank you for being so loving to us. Thank you for being our provider. We depend on us, not in any other. You said that you will be with us, and we need you. We need you to bring those who need to come. We need you to, to bring our church together again. And that if we baptize people, that we baptize even more. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen.